So it's good to be back here. It's good to share. We're going to look at the Word of God today. That's what we do. We produce the Word of God. I shared some of this with the young people today. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Most of you are probably familiar with this passage uh, in Hebrews chapter 4. And I want to just pull some things out of the Scriptures. I want to share some things about what are going on in the ministry. I said this to the young people today, and I'll say it to you now. If you can only make it to one church service today, if you can only make it to one service tonight, that's the service you want to make it to. Uh, If you can't make it to any other services, some of the young people didn't get it either. (laughs) If you can make it. Hebrews chapter 4, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word. I had the privilege of going to our Christian school when I was a young man, and I was encouraged today to see pastor having the young people memorize the Word of God. Let me tell you, memorize it when you're young. It's a lot easier then. That gray matter, that starts to get a little harder, and it's it's a little harder to remember things. My boys, they don't even think I know their names, and there's only six of them. But memorize it when you're young. I'm so thankful for parents and Sunday school teachers and a Christian school that had me memorize the word of God. And this was one of the passages. It says in Hebrews 4 and verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, we're so thankful for your word. Lord, we discussed it in Sunday school, but we're just such a small fraction of all of mankind to ever hold your precious word in our hand. And Lord, we can talk about the other countries that it goes to, and there's such a great need there. But Lord, we pray today that first and foremost that it would be precious to us. That, Lord, this wouldn't just be some tradition that we do, some religious practice that we do, but, Lord, that we have a love letter from you that we can read and we can study and we can know like very few people ever have been able to do. Bless us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'd like to ask a couple things. First of all, it's going to be a very simple sermon today. If you can remember just this thought, God's word changes lives. God's word changes life. There's a couple of things I'd like to ask you to do on our back display is our prayer card. If you could pray for our family. We're, we're accomplishing a couple things on this trip. We're taking uh, well, two of our sons to college. Our oldest son's going down to Pensacola. And so tomorrow morning we'll leave and take him down to Pensacola. Our second son is going to Fairhaven in Indiana. Now somebody that's really good with geography just went, you, you passed Indiana coming through Wisconsin. I know, he wanted to take the long route to, to there. He had time, He had time. so we had some family are going down to Florida, spending a couple days there, uh, and then coming back and dropping him off. But pray for them. Um, my wife is sad because there will only be four boys at home. I'm happy. If you have a boy, you can imagine what our grocery bill is like. If you have six boys, you can imagine what our grocery bill is like. But pray for our family as we travel. Pray for our ministry. God has been blessing um, I'd ask that you pray for another young couple to join our family, uh, not our family, our ministry. Um, it's God's blessing. I'll share some things about that. Uh, we had a family join uh, um, about our age that's been helping. They're actually traveling this week as well uh, for the ministry, and that God's been blessing. Um, just since 2020, we've seen our production of scriptures about double uh, as, as we're able to ship scriptures around the world. Uh, a couple of things that I want to talk about and I want to I pull together here with this uh, out of Hebrews 4.12 and the Word of God. 
Uh, a little bit, our ministry started in 1979. Uh, some of you folks probably know the Hoffmans. Jim and Monica Hoffman started the ministry then. Uh, and then uh, God blessed through the years, and we've been able to produce just around 12 million scriptures that we've produced in 45 different languages. There are some things going on today that I can't explain to you, and I, I wish I had more time to share just a, a whole mess of stories. Just in the last three or four years, some doors that God's opened up. And not that I've been trying to see them open, not that I've been trying to go through them. God has, God has allowed us to do some things that I just could never imagine. We had, I guess it would have been the end of last year, but the project is, is being done this year. Uh, we're working on Farsi New Testaments. We've never done Farsi New Testaments. That's the language they speak in Iran. We have 100,000 New Testaments that are ready to go to Iran. That's a container load of Scripture. And what we need you to pray about are those Scriptures uh, are being held up a little bit on our end because we're, we're still trying to figure out the logistics of getting them into Iran. You can't just ship a container load of Scripture into Iran, right? So we have to find a country locally and some, some, some believers locally that we can. We had, we had some things set up, and that fell through, and we're trying to work that out. So the safest place for them right now is, is, uh, is stored at Wildwood, but we'd like to get those out uh, soon. We ship, shipped a container out earlier this year to Kenya, Africa, uh, a container load of scripture is a, uh, about 40,000 pounds of scripture, and we, we uh, shipped that out. It got there safely, uh, and as I shared with the Sunday school class this morning, that what happened, what's happening right now happens regularly. They find something that they can get us with on our paperwork. Hey, you didn't do this right, you didn't do that right. What, what they did to us this time was they said, hey, your, your number on your lock to lock the container doesn't actually match the container. Well, I know that Kenya is not a first world country, but they have to know what a cell phone is. Before we shipped that container, I took a picture of the lock, and I took a picture of the container. And when they sent that, I emailed it to the missionary over there and said, here's the picture I took just before the container left our parking lot. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, they do match. Okay. So now they're getting them released, but what happens on a regular basis, and pray for your missionaries that are getting containers, is they go, well... It took us two months to figure this out, and we've been storing your container, so now we got to charge you storage fees. Well, you've been charging us, you've been storing our container because you won't let it go. That's your problem, not ours. And they're just trying to get some extra money, but pray for the container for Kenya. We have a container that we're, we're working on presently of uh, 200,000 English and Chichewe bilingual John and Romans that are going to Malawi, Africa. The gentleman that we're working with that's sending them over there actually lives in, in Minnesota, but he works with a missionary over there, was just there uh, a week. I think he just got back last week. And he said, we passed out all the scriptures we had. We could not get them out of the box fast enough. Malawi is a very open country to scriptures. And so he's, he's trying to hurry us along, even though we're, we're hurrying as fast as we can. And God's blessed with a lot of help um, to get that container over there as soon as possible. So just pray that we can get that container load of scripture done soon. We can get it loaded and shipped and not have any delays uh, getting it over there. He has a team going in April, and he figures he'll be able to pass out all 200,000 John Romans in less than two weeks. And then there's another shipment uh, that's actually going to go on our container of 80,000 that are just simply Chichewe. Uh, and then if we pack the container just right, we might get a few more English uh, Bibles on there. So just pray for those. Those are our three big projects we have going on uh, as we send these scriptures out. Now, it's important that your church understands this because Pastor and I, we understand this. He and I talk somewhat regularly. Your church will send offerings up to help with scriptures. Your, your church 
hopefully is praying for us. We need prayer. Those scriptures need prayer. Our ministry needs prayer. When, when people come to the print shop, and, and I would encourage us, maybe sometimes your church can bring a missions trip to the print shop. They'll come to the print shop and they'll say, we had a gentleman in our church that he was talking about the print shop and we wanted to come and work in the print shop. Is he here? I'm like, that's me. But no, no, no. He was wearing a nice suit and tie. This is not how I dress in the print shop. Think of a factory floor, big machines, moving parts, little boys that want to push all the buttons. I got little boys. They like to push the buttons. For whatever reason, they put all those operator buttons right at eye level for those kids. We've got a trimmer that's got a a 40-inch blade on it. It'll cut through that much paper at a time, all 40 inches across. You'll notice that's a lot thicker than my hand. I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. That's when I started helping the shop. We're thankful that people are praying for us as we travel, as people come and work in the print shop, as we put the scriptures. I tell people all the time, a lot of people have shed their blood for the cause of Christ. Please don't do that in my print shop. Take all the blood you came with when you get done in the print shop. But God's been mighty good to us. Through the years, we've been able to take a lot of different missions trips to different countries It started in 2009, but in 2012, we took our first missions team to Puerto Rico. And God's really opened that door up for us to take teams into Puerto Rico. Since 2012, we've been able to take 26 missions teams to Puerto Rico. We're we're working on two more teams for next year to go down uh, and work there. And people will sometimes... Sometimes they'll say, Puerto Rico, why? I mean, Puerto Rico is a territory of the states. Well, that was one of the benefits is I talked to people about going on a mission trip and they say, I don't have a passport. Well, first of all, if you don't have a passport, get a passport. The Bible says that you're supposed to go ye into all the world. Can't do it without a passport. So I, I highly recommend getting a passport so when a missionary comes and you're burdened to go to their field and help them, that's just one thing that's taken care of. But Puerto Rico, you don't have that. I'm from Wisconsin. Do you know what it's doing in Wisconsin in February, March, and April? It's cold there. And so I go, I, I go from the Midwest, and I take folks from all over the Midwest down to Puerto Rico because it's not cold there. Puerto Ricans will go, well, how cold? We've left Wisconsin when it was 40 below zero and landed in Puerto Rico when it's 80 above with humidity and tropical sun. We just go there to thaw out for a week. <laughs> Puerto Ricans will say, how do, you, how do you stay warm when it's that cold? And I'm like, wow. We just climb in our freezers. They're warmer. <laughs> and sure enough, they, they go, oh, oh, really? You do that? No, we don't, we don't climb in the freezer to stay warm. We come to Puerto Rico. But God's opened that door, and we've been able to take 400, 400 and some people now to Puerto Rico and, and, and minister all over the island and spread the gospel there. And it's such a blessing to do it. And I, I'm telling you these things. I'm sharing these things, first of all, to ask you to pray for us. Pray for us as we go. Pray for us in the scripture publishing ministry. There's two things that I believe. I believe that God wants his word out more than I do. And I've given my life to the distribution of God's word. I believe that Satan doesn't like what we're doing. And we need prayer. Any little thing could go wrong, and it could be bad fast. Pray for us as we're there. Uh, People ask when you produce this, when you do all this, how is all this getting done? And I am so glad you asked that question. It's getting done because people are praying for us. It's getting done because churches... You realize that, that the people in Malawi that are getting scriptures right now is a direct result of your church. I'm one person. I can only do so much. 
But you folks are praying for us. You folks are financially giving to us. You folks are, are, are uh, concerned about people getting the word of God. I had, a, I had a, a, a text yesterday from a missionary I work with. I know we're live streaming, so I need to be a little careful what I say here. He smuggles scriptures into closed countries. And we've been able to print some, some scriptures and some tracts for him that he'll, he'll just shove in his coat pockets and he'll just smuggle them in. Sharing a little bit more with the young people because we weren't live streaming. But he gets caught sometimes and he goes to jail for generally a few weeks at a time for that. But when you pray about those scriptures, it's not just a matter of pray that all the machines work right, nobody cuts their hands off, and, and they pray that they get over there, but that these scriptures get into the hands of some of these people. He's sharing about a church in one of these closed countries that had an Easter service this year. The police came and broke it up. And thankfully, they were able to get off fairly easily, the church. But now the church is split up into several sections and meeting in various places. But you know what he shared? Every time he shares with me on a regular basis, somebody got saved. Somebody got saved. I, I get to stand on the side of things where I get to hear about people in the Middle East under persecution being saved because of the Word of God. See, we take it for granted here. We have it. It's everywhere, right? It's, we can grab a copy anywhere we go. But when we talk about the Word of God and we talk about in Hebrews 4, the Word of God is quick and it's powerful. It's powerful. Are you letting the Word of God work in your life? Are you letting it be powerful? See, it's one thing to be part of a church that supports a ministry like ours and the other good print ministries that you do and the other missionaries that you do, like Brother Danny Flick. You know, how long has he been there? Like 900 years, I think. <laughs> and you support guys like that? That's wonderful. But sometimes you get lost in that. Well, my church. But what are you doing with the Word of God? What are you doing for the cause of Christ? Little things matter. Little things matter. I want to encourage you today. I feel, I feel that Satan has won some serious battles in the last few years. I feel like he used COVID in particular to do some things that had nothing to do with COVID, but he discouraged some people in big ways. I feel like sometimes I get into churches and there's not as many people there because they're afraid to come back to church. And I'm glad to see a full house today. But there may be some that aren't here. And, I, and I'm not trying to be critical of those people. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. But I think Satan found some different footholds in some different places. And I want to encourage you to do the little things. I'm going to, I'm going to share some stories about COVID, okay? And, and I'm sharing this to show you how powerful the Word of God is and how powerful God is. So... My wife's parents were missionaries in uh, Romania for 20 years. And while they were missionaries there, they went to Romania right after communism fell. And again, I shared this in Sunday school. They went there uh, right after communism fell. And those of us that are old enough to even know what that's talking about, there were bread lines and there were all the things that they dealt with. They were in a small village. They only had the second car there. There was only one other person there that did. All that kind of stuff. And, and they built a great work there. In fact, they, had a camp, they have a camp ministry there. Her dad's, my wife's dad has since passed. They have a camp ministry that's about, an, uh, about a mile or so from the Ukrainian border. So they're taking in refugees right now from Ukraine and they're helping, helping with that. And those folks will stop for a day or two there, get fed, get some rest, and they'll move on to some other part of Europe. Uh, and so just be in prayer for that ministry, hope for the future. But during, during their time there, my wife's one of seven children. She has two younger sisters, and her second sister married a Romanian, Ovi. 
And Ovi uh, uh, was saved and then grew through the ministry. He didn't, he didn't get saved through my father-in-law's ministry, but grew through the ministry, went to the Bible Institute they had there. And eventually they became missionaries to Malawi, Africa. So you got a Romanian that got saved. He was like five or six years old when communism fell. He got saved. God used him, and now he's in Malawi serving. Ovi and Lita had their first child in Romania. Lita's my wife's sister. Had their first child in Romania, so their first child's a Romanian. They had their second child in Malawi. So their second child is a? No, she's not. So they go, hey, we got to go back to Romania. That's, that's where they get their support from. So they either say, hey, we're going to go back to Romania. Let's get her a passport. And they're like, she's, she's not a Malawian. Well, we'll get her a Romanian passport. She wasn't born in Romania. Well, my sister-in-law is an American. We'll get her a U.S. citizenship. Well, she didn't live in the U.S. after she turned 18, so therefore she can't automatically, her children don't automatically become citizens. So they have this little girl that her dad's a Romanian, her mom's an American, and she lives in Malawi, and she doesn't have citizenship anywhere. They spent two years getting her citizenship. So they decided to have their third child in Romania. Okay? <laughs> They're getting smart, right? So they have three children that are Romanian, and dad's a Romanian, and mom's an American. Her residency is good for 10 years. She goes to renew it, and they say, yep, you can renew your residency, but it's only good for one year at a time. Every year you have to renew your citizenship. Now, the women aren't going to understand what I'm about to say here, but every man that has a child is going to understand what I'm about to say. Dad got smart fast. He goes, my three children are Romanians, and my wife is an American. If they don't renew her citizenship, she has to go back to the States. And my kids have to stay in Romania with me. So he got smart fast. And he said, let's get these kids some U.S. citizenship. So they decided the best time in the history of the world to visit the United States was February of 2020. End of February, they fly into the United States. My wife and I are actually in Puerto Rico. We fly home, and we're only home for two or three days when the governor shuts our state down and all these other states are shutting down all around us. And my, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and their three kids are staying with my mother-in-law, who lives just four doors down from us, and they were supposed to be in the United States for five weeks. They ended up in here for almost six months. Now, what was wonderful about that was we got to know them. Our families got to spend some time together. My brother-in-law and I, were, we, we had them over one time, and we were grilling out of all things. We grilled out steak, and we were eating steak, and we're sitting around the, we're sitting around the table talking, and somebody mentioned s'mores. And his kid's like, s'mores? What's a s'mores? He's like, my kids have never had a s'mores. Well, I got a charcoal grill. It's still hot. Let's make some s'mores. And we got to talking about what a day we live in. COVID's hitting. I mean, there are people that do not know how they're going to live. And we're eating steak and having s'mores. That's how bad COVID was for us. But what we had talked about, what we had going was, and this is where I'm going with the story, was before that, Ovi had talked about getting a container load of scripture to Malawi. We had produced that whole container load of scripture before COVID. It was going to cost about $12,000 to ship that container load of scripture to Malawi. We had about $7,000 together to ship the container. We were $5,000 short of what we needed to go to, to ship the container to Malawi, and COVID hit. Now, I know it seems, like it, was, it seems like it was 100 years ago sometimes, but if you remember in March and April of 2020 and everybody was losing their jobs and nobody knew what was going to happen, and oh, oh. 
In, in that, I wrote a letter and said, I need $5,000. I sent it to your church. I sent it to a bunch of churches. I sent it to a bunch of people. But I did not send it to one particular couple. I had met them. I didn't remember meeting them. They lived in Alabama, and they weren't on our mailing list. And the same day, or maybe the day after, that we sent the letter, before that letter ever made it here to your church, before it made it to any church, before anybody ever read the letter, we got a letter from this couple that said, listen, um, one of our family members passed away, a mom or dad on one of the sides had passed away, and they left us an inheritance, and we felt led of God to send some money to your ministry to use it how you need it. They didn't know about our need. And frankly, if I was them, I probably would have been a little bit of a hoarder. I probably would have held on to that money and said how things were going to go. But God led them to do something. Well, what would you guess they gave us for money? $5,000. $5,000. Now, I know you say, well, if I had $5,000, I'd give it to you too. But are you doing what you can for God with what you have? Of course, like everybody, COVID's hit, and, and, and it's, it's a shocking thing. Basic economics, they dump trillions of dollars in the economy, and now we have record inflation. Shocking, I know. Well, you know, do you know what's went up in price besides everything else? Paper. Paper. We went from, in 2020, I think a roll of paper cost about $780, so now we're at almost $1,000 a roll. We're producing twice as much as we were producing in 2020. That's a big expense to us. Well, I have a brother and a sister. My brother works, I know this is going to shock you from Wisconsin, but my brother works for a cheese factory. (laughs) Not everybody in Wisconsin knows how to milk a cow or works at a cheese factory, but I paid my way through Bible college milking cows, and my brother works at a cheese factory, just the way it is. And he says, hey, we do these these special snack pack deals that we do, and they they go in this little plastic tray, and and, and there's layers of these trays, and between every one, there's a slip sheet that we just recycle. We just throw it away. Could you use it? Whoa. I don't know. Give me a stack of them. So he gives me a stack. I cut them to the size I need. I print on them. They're perfect covers for us. How many do you need? Well, we're working on 200,000 John Romans for Malawi. So I can print two, co- picture, uh, two, two covers on a, uh, a sheet. Uh, so I need 100,000. That's a lot. Well, you asked. So, well, he talks to his boss. His boss is like, oh, that's great. We can repurpose these. That's perfect. So they've started getting. These pieces of paper. Now, they're, they're throwaway sheets of cover stock. For, for decades, this company's been just throwing these away, throwing these away, throwing these away. And now they're bringing stacks of them. In fact, their company is trying to get it set up because it's, it's a pretty big deal, I guess, to actually make everything flow the way it should. But if they can get everything to flow the way it should, they can get us a skid of cover stock every month. That's equivalent to about $10,000 worth of cover stock. And I tell people, I say, it's more stock than we need. And every time I say that, guy goes, no, it isn't. And that makes me really nervous. Because <laughs> that's, that's a lot more stock than I think we need. Um, but what, what I'm sharing about these things is God is still in control. God knows if we need $5,000 over here, which is great and wonderful, and I'm thankful for that, or if we need throwaway paper that just happens to work perfectly for what we're doing. God knows about it. God knows about the missionaries that are sneaking into these, these countries where they're going to be arrested and the prayer they need and who's being saved in the Middle East. He also knows about how they're standing in the middle of the streets in Malawi and they're passing out thousands of scriptures. They can't pass out the scriptures fast enough. They can't get into the people's hands fast enough. God knows all about that because his word is powerful. 
His word is powerful. As we look at this in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 1, it says, And the child Samuel ministered on the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Is God's word precious to you? It's powerful. We know it's powerful. Is it precious to you? And the question I heard an old timer ask one time, if it's precious to you, what are you doing to get others to have it? It's one thing to say, I have my grandfather's Bible. It's precious to me. I don't actually use it because I have my own Bible. My, my father-in-law, a missionary to Romania for all these, we inherit his Bible. That's what we do our family devotions out of. It's precious to us. But it's not so much precious to us because it's the Word of God. It's because of whose it was. I have a Bible. But is the Word of God precious to you? When you realize that so few people have it, so many have given so much for it. Shared this in Sunday school, but 75% of the world today does not have a copy of the Word of God. That's almost 6 billion people that don't have the Word of God. You do, or you have access to it. Amen. Say, well, I don't, I don't have a Bible. Talk to pastor. We just brought a whole case of Bibles down. That's the point of the Bibles is to hand them out so people can have them. We talked about God's Word being powerful. We touched on precious quickly, and I want to I finish with this. God's Word is practical. Sometimes I get around guys that are way deeper theologians than me, but they, they make the Bible so theologically impossible that it's not practical. There's so much in the Bible that's for us today. There's times I open my, my Bible up and I read it and I go, that's talking about today. That is talking about August of 2022. God just wrote straight out of the news today. It's, it's practical for us today. Go to 1 Timothy. I know you don't have to do it now, but 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says, This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. Right, right. I don't know if you know this or not. We're in some perilous times. <clears throat> but it's practical. The Bible is a book full of us doing things for God. Now, Growing up in a Christian family, growing up in a good Bible-preaching church, growing up around others that were being trained, some people have gotten away from the faith. Oh, what would God do without me? Uh, keep being God. That's what he would do without you. It's not that we have to serve God. We get to serve God. We get to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How exciting is that? This morning in Sunday school, the, the, the Bible verse, and I'm glad they had it because it's great for my sermon. The Bible verse that they're memorizing is 1, 1 Corinthians 3.9. It says, for we, we are laborers together with God. Yep. We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. How exciting is it that we can say those things? Oh, the world's bad. and It's getting worse. Inflation's terrible. Politics this and this, that. And, and, and listen. I'm on my way to Florida. And it's important that you understand this next part. With six boys. And get this. Because we have a Suburban, a red Suburban back home, 1500 series. And that's a great Suburban. We love our red Suburban back home. But that thing doesn't get bad enough gas mileage. I had to buy a 2500 series because that gets worse gas mileage. And I travel for a living. God knows all about it. God, listen, he, we... <laughs> I'm almost twice the man I was the first time you saw me. God's been mighty good to us in the last 21 years. Mighty good to us. 
in James chapter 1 and verse 9, uh, 1, and we'll, we'll get to verse 22 right away. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. Listen, we have the word of God. It's powerful. It's precious. It's practical. Why do we have a ministry that prints the Word of God? Why do we have a ministry? Why do we travel all over the country? Why do we go to Puerto Rico? Why do we take scriptures to Malawi? Why do, why do we do all of these things? Because God's Word changes lives. God's Word changes lives. And my challenge for you today is, is it changing your lives? Ephesians 2.8.9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. The wages of sin is death. My grandfather, World War II vet, just passed away in February, 101 years old. 101. I don't know if I want to live that long. I'm not sure yet. His mom actually lived to be 107. My mom? Good Christian lady, had us in the Christian school, worked a full-time job to pay our way through the Christian school, was involved in, in Sunday school, was involved in bus ministries, involved in all of these things. A good mom, passed away at 60 years old. The Bible says it's appointed on a man once to die. We don't know when that date is with death. I think one of the good things that COVID did for us as a society is realize how fragile we really are. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... I didn't ask you how long you've been going to church here. I've been going to Wildwood my whole life. Say, so, well, I've been baptized. I was baptized once because I thought I was saved. But that doesn't get you, that doesn't get you to heaven. Well, I, I do good works, given the offering. Jesus Christ was talking to Nicodemus. And if you don't, don't know who Nicodemus was, he was a Pharisee. And the Pharisees were a religious group, and, and they had a bad name for a reason because they were kind of pious. But everything I can read about Nicodemus seems like he was a sincere man. He was seeking the truth. And if he was a good Pharisee, that means he understood the Old Testament pretty well. If he was a good Pharisee, he gave like he should. If he was a good Pharisee, he did a lot of good works. And when Jesus was talking to him, this is what he said to Nicodemus. Ye must be born again. I, I'm from up north, the land of the frozen chosen. There's not a lot of Baptist churches up there. And I'll get, well, that's what you Baptists believe. Whew. I've been around Baptists my whole life. I promise you, I don't agree with everything that every Baptist has ever said. I promise you that. But Jesus Christ said, ye must be born again. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, there's a decision between you and him. It doesn't really matter what you think about Malawi. It doesn't really matter what you think about printing. It doesn't, none of that matters. What have you done with Christ? For those of us that are saved, very simple sermon. God's word changes lives. And a couple of the, a few of the reasons are because it's powerful. God's word is so powerful. We just need to get into the word of God. It's precious. I hope it's precious to us. And it's practical. Say, I don't know what I could do around the church. I'm, I'm a pretty simple person. I don't know what I'd get involved. I wish you would have known me when I was a young person. You'd be, you'd be shocked that I'm standing here today. But talk to pastor. Pastor, I'd like to get involved. What can I do? And then don't let it be too big. You know, it'd be great. I wish everybody in this church could give $5,000 right now to missions. 
I can't. And I'm a missionary. Well, that's why I can't. But maybe, maybe you can give a, a few pieces of paper to a printer in a print ministry. My brother has a family. He, he makes, you know, he's got an okay job, he's, but he's not a rich man. But he found a way that he can help. Find something that you can do to serve God. Ask your pastor if you don't know what else it is. But find those things. Pastor, I'm going to pray and I'll turn the service over to you. Lord, we do love you and thank you for this day. What a, what a great church. What a wonderful testimony they have. Not just here in Kentucky, but Lord, literally around the country and around the world. They have a heart for missions. Lord, they've, they've done a lot to, to get the word of God out. And Lord, I'm certainly not here to rebuke them. I'm so thankful for this church, their heart, their desire. But Lord, sometimes we forget just how powerful your word is. Lord, we forget how precious your word is. Lord, I know where I'm often guilty is how practical it is. Just the day-to-day, just the simple, simple things that you have for us to do to serve you. The things that maybe sometimes are mundane, they're boring, they're like, is this really what God has for me to do today? And it, it truly is. That's why we need to be in your word so we know what you have for us to do today. Guide us and direct us. We do pray if there's somebody here today that's not saved, that they would see their need for salvation. We ask these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.